0: All right, you ready to rock? Let's do it. Let's roll. Let's freaking go. From Boston University, this is the BU News Service Podcast, where we catch you up on a story you may have missed from this past week.
1: Each episode, we'll take a deep dive into something that happened that we think is cool or important or underappreciated.
0: We'll showcase work from our fellow BU students and highlight stories from Boston, New England, and beyond. I'm Bart Tachi. And I'm Shannon Sallett. We're your hosts, and today our guest is Claudia Chiapa. She's the BU News Service in-depth and data editor, and we're talking to her today about a new bill that would add a third non-binary gender option on Massachusetts state IDs. Claudia, can you tell us about this?
2: Yeah, of course. So Senate just passed this bill, the bill that I'm talking about in my piece. It's a very important bill that is actually this is the third time that the bill was introduced. And it's the second time that it passed the Senate. But last time it passed, it got stuck at the House. So it never became a law, but this time around, it just passed uh, and it was a unanimous decision uh, to pass this bill. So that's very exciting. Uh, There are a few points to it. The main one is that it will allow people to go back and change on their birth certificate, their gender, and it will allow them to give them a third to choose a third option. Apart from female and male, they will be able to choose X. Which is going to apply to anybody that is non-binary or anybody that just does not does not want to pick between female and male, so anybody that is over 18 is going to be able to do that. Emancipated minors, minors with their parents' consent. It, there are also other layers. to so this bill it will also require um, the RMV to have to have the option of the ex-gender and basically driver's license and other forms of identification that they release. And then it's also requesting that a plan is instated to make sure that all sorts of state to government IDs have this third option. So there are a lot of layers to it. It's very important for a lot of people. And it just passed the Senate. It's still a long way from becoming a law, but it's a great first step. So
1: what are the next steps? Is there any opposition?
2: So there is a, there was a similar bill that was introduced in the house. And so that's the one now that, um, hopefully will go to the floor and will be discussed, I think the main issue is that to make sure that this bill is a priority and that it just not, it not, doesn't get stuck, uh, in the bureaucratic part of it. And so it doesn't end up being months before it's even heard uh, on the floor. So that would be the first step would just be for the house to pass it.
0: Is there. So it has made it has been to the house before, hasn't it?
2: Uh, yes, it has.
0: What? Why haven't they given it the green light?
2: I I don't know. Um, it it went to the house a couple of years ago, and um, it had passed Senate thirty nine to one. So even in Senate, then it was almost unanimous. Um, the person that wouldn't know, um, I don't believe they're in Senate anymore. So that's why it passed unanimously this time around. But um, yeah, and then it just got stuck in in the house and this never became a law and so it um now there were some few amendments to this bill so it's not exactly the same uh, it is brought forward by the same uh senators so the sponsor is um senator joe Comerford from northampton and this time there was an amendment too that is going to allow people once they change their gender and their birth certificate they have a three-year period to change their names too and um that was just added um, at the la- at last week's session because Senator Commmerfer said that they wanted to debil- they wanted the opportunity to be a little bit more flexible. They didn't want people to change their gender and right away know if they wanted to change their names too. This is going to give them some time to actually figure that out. Uh, so that was the latest amendment that was done to it, and there are probably going to be more amendments in the House too.
1: What are advocates saying about this bill? Like, why is it important? Yeah, so for my
2: piece, I talked to someone from Mass Equality, someone from GLAD, and the overall sentiment was just that this is a monumentally important bill for a lot of people. So the RMV already gave people the option to choose X on their gender for driver's license a couple of years ago, uh, but this was an executive decision, so it was just done by the agency itself. So this will actually make it a law, which is a A lot bigger deal because then nobody's going to be able to not do that it's very important i think one of the main points that was brought up uh, was that it's uh, it's a matter of dignity for a lot of people you know a lot of people know who they are um, but they're not able to be truthful and accurate in their documents Uh, if someone doesn't identify with female or male now they have documents that have something that's not true on it and so it's a matter of state ids being accurate. Uh, It's a matter of civil rights issue. That's what Senator Comerford said, that uh, being able to validate your identity, it's just a matter of civil rights issue. And so everybody should have that opportunity.
0: Do other states already have this?
2: Yeah, so it is available in at least 20 states driver's license, like it is in Massachusetts now. Um, And for birth certificate, it's just a little more 10 states so far that allow that this also comes in the way it's not a sure thing yet but also from the biden administration it came there were a lot of talks of them introducing the x um, gender in passports so um at this point it's becoming a national issue and so then it would be national and massachusetts would just be you know also abiding to what is the national trend that would definitely mean a lot for for the community i think it it's also a matter of visibility. It's something that a lot of people that are not affected by it might not recognize. But um, yeah, it also plays a big impact on, on for the for the intersex community too, for their visibility, and then for the non-binary community, of course.
1: The Massachusetts R M V is my least favorite place in the entire world. It took so long for me to register my own car and get my own Massachusetts ID when I moved here, will there? do you think that there will be any logistical hurdles to actually implementing this if it becomes a law? Or does it help that this is something that the RMB already does? I think it will
2: definitely help that, I believe it was 2019 when they introduced this, it, so it's already been a couple of years for them to kind of work out the ropes of the thing. I think the RMB, like you said, is, yeah, there are a lot of logistical issues that go beyond uh, just picking the gender. I don't think this will be necessarily, like, I think it's the kind of logistical thing that it it's good that they that they run into now and then they figure out because once it becomes a requirement for all the state ids then they're not going to have the option to it now working out
1: yeah I mean it's interesting it's I think it sounds like this is something that they're already doing which is great as far as like rollout if this passes but making it a law would ensure that it's not just like at the whim of whoever is in charge of the RMB <laughs>
2: yes and it will expand it also not just beyond it will expand it beyond driver's license but if you get an alcohol permit if you get a license permit anything that you get that is a state issued id you will have the option to choose a gender that's not female or male and that's just a matter of inclusivity and it's a matter of allowing people to be themselves and also be open about who they are there was also a matter of privacy that was tied to it i talked to um a staff attorney from Glad that cited in my article and he was the one that mentioned the issue of privacy being a big deal because when it comes to birth certificates in particular those are the, the, that that's something that a person might have to disclose at some point in their life and if they are not confirming to the gender that was stated in their birth certificate then uh, it's also a matter of privacy for them having the world or the people that they're disclosing that certificate to knowing what their assigned at birth gender
1: was do you know if there's any sort of symbolic value to the letter x as a gender identity marker i don't know about
2: symbolic it is yeah so the um the x marker it's basically the standard uh, that's recognized internationally, and that was set by the International Civil Aviation Association as the uh, g- the gender neutral term and designation. And uh, so, whenever this has become, this has come up as an issue. What other states have done is introducing the letter X, but it's kind of the more widespread and accepted term and uh, designation for people that are non binary or that don't identify. So Senator Comerford, which is the one that sponsored the bill, she wrote an op-ed too on the Daily Hampshire Gazette where she discussed this bill right before it went to Senate. She talked about Sammy. Sammy is a person that she met at one of the sessions and it's a person that inspired her. I mean, she had already, obviously she was a big advocate for this bill, but she was able, she told me that she was able to really tie the human experience to it. Sammy is actually a kid that um, really told her that this bill would be a big deal for them and that it would change the
1: lives of many people. Well thank you so much, Claudia. Anything else that you want listeners to know about this piece or about the bill?
2: I think if this is something that you care about you we should definitely call your representatives. Even even if it's not in Massachusetts, if you're not from here, just encourage your representatives to either sponsor similar bills or if they're, if they're already out there to vote yes for them, it's really like Senator Comerford said, it's really a matter of civil rights issue. Uh, so there is a lot of stick here for a lot of people.
0: What are you working on next?
2: Uh, well, there will definitely be follow-up once this bill ends up in Senate, in, in the House, sorry, there will definitely be follow-ups uh, on that. But right now, I'm just focusing on the next step for the state house, for the reopening of state house. It's still closed. So a lot of sessions are still being held remotely. People still can go in and they're trying to work out how it will play out once the state house actually reopens. So would there be a mask mandate, you know, is there going to be a requirement of vaccination? Some people want that, some people don't. So they're voting on that now. And so I'm trying to pay attention to that.
1: Cool. Fair well, now. keep us posted.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me, Shannon and Bart. Thanks for
0: talking, Claudia. (laughs)
1: Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the BU News Service Podcast. And we'll see you next week.